0: Hello podcast listeners, this is Sarah A Bear
1: and I'm Chris J.
0: Welcome to another episode of the All Y'all Podcast. We are floating in clouds because we are just coming off of our latest All Y'all Live Storytelling Event which was uh, Ladies' Night over at the Women's Department Club. Chris, how do you think it went?
1: I thought it was one of the most wonderful, uh, well, it was, I mean, can I say, it's like picking a favorite child, but it was my favorite all y'all so far. It was incredible to feel all the positive energy and the love in the room for those incredible women who told their stories.
0: I feel like we finally figured out how to make these work, and so I just want to say thank you. We have a lot of people who came to Ladies' Night who have been with us since our first live storytelling event, and it really, like, made me feel great to see them in the audience of this one
1: also just a quick thank you to our season sponsor for this year holiday lanes who really um, helped out with their financial support helped us be able to rent that incredible historic building without losing too much sleep about making ends meet or or, or losing our you know losing our shirts in the process thank you so much holiday lanes and and if you guys are out there and you live in shreveport bosier and you're looking for something to do Please consider going bowling and and tell them thank you for supporting all y'all.
0: And drink one of those beer towers for me. Ah,
1: Well, no, those are 100 ounces, Sarah. Well,
0: drink it with your friends responsibly. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: so this episode that you're going to hear tonight actually uh, is not from Ladies Night. It is uh, from Under the Influence. And I just want to say it's about someone who's cruelty and meanness impacted a, practically a stranger's life for the for their entire life. So uh, we kind of wanted to, to share this episode because we want to encourage people to be nicer to one another. I know this sounds silly, but you never know what kind of day the person that you're passing out, you're seeing in the street or are just passing briefly in the hallways at work, you never know what's going on in their life. So please, you know, just try to be kind to one another. I think this episode is a great example of, you know, the lasting impact that one person can have on another for better or worse.
0: Yeah, and so without further ado, this is Robin Williams and her story that takes us back to high school.
2: So like they said, I am um, since a really small child, very shy, painfully shy. And hopefully you'll be able to understand me when I talk because I'll probably jitter and breathe hard and all that good stuff. I was the kind of kid who hid behind my mom and my grandmother and didn't want to talk to anyone, and I, um, when I was in elementary school and middle school, I would um, try not to be noticed because if you're noticed, you might have to be on stage or talk to someone, and so um, I tried my whole life to kind of break this shyness because I hated it. It was something that crippled me. I, I, I didn't like to go places. When I was uh, in seventh grade, I had a piano recital where I messed up halfway through, and I just walked off stage. And it's always kind of held me back from finishing things. And so, you can hear my voice shaking. (laughs) I'll be all right. Somebody yell at me. (laughs) 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 Gotta break this shyness, man. Okay, so anyway, it was like 1986, 1987. I was about 17. Don't do the math, I'm 45. Um, (laughs) I was a senior in high school, and I... um, had this class, American history, and I had a teacher named Mr. Bork. Now Mr. Bork was about five seven, slender build, had silver gray hair, and for anybody that is old enough to remember the Lost in Space TV series or maybe reruns of it, do you remember Dr. Smith? His identical twin. He wore plaid leisure suits in the late 80s, which weren't so (laughs) in the rage, although some days they actually matched the plaid top and bottom. So we were assigned this assignment to do an oral report where we were gonna have to speak in front of the class. And I knew that this was gonna be tough. So um, I uh, actually did some homework and I did some research, which I wasn't a geek in high school, but I didn't do a lot of work. I really relied sometimes on my shyness and my politeness to get along with teachers. And that kind of helped me get through school because the teachers thought I was really nice and sweet. And so they made me their pet. Mr. Bork didn't make me his pet. It was my turn coming up and I was sitting in the classroom and I uh, could feel my neck getting red, my face getting red, my ears getting red. And so I made my way up to the stage. Well, it wasn't really a stage, it was the front of the classroom. And Mr. Bork had his desk back there. I'm glad I can't see back there, because he might be there. Is Mr. Bork here? No. Okay. Okay, so I made my way up to the podium. Mr. Bork had this really huge oak podium. And I always kind of thought it was strange because maybe he wanted to be something more than a teacher, but it was this massive podium. None of the other teachers had that, but he had that. So I made my way up there, and I put my folder down. And the topic that I had chosen for this class was Hiroshima. And so the first line of my presentation was supposed to be something like, at 8.16 a.m. in Japanese time, a bomb was dropped on the city of Hiroshima. Well, I thought it might be cool to show the time conversion of what time it was in Lake Charles, which is where I grew up. And so I start my presentation, and this is kind of how it sounded. Um, uh, There was this bomb, um, and from the back of the room, I'm gonna step down for a minute, Mr. Bork slammed his hand, I don't have a hand, but he slammed his hand on his desk, and he said, you people are not prepared. I told you this was gonna take half of your grade, and if you don't pass this, you will not graduate. And he was bellowing it, he wasn't just talking like I am. And he says, why are you so stupid? And I just stood there for like four hours looking at the class. It wasn't really four hours, it was probably like four seconds but I felt like it was four hours. And so I couldn't breathe and I couldn't think and I couldn't see. (laughs) And so finally I just looked down at the podium and I closed my folder and I walked back to my desk trying not to cry. I was not gonna give him the satisfaction of making me cry. And so I sat down and I could hear him yelling in the back of the class saying, you can make this up tomorrow, or you can come after class, you people need to prepare. And I really was like, I don't think I really said the F word in in high school, but I think I probably did that day. And I was like, I'm not gonna make this up. I don't know how I'm gonna graduate, but I'm not making up this class. And so I sat through the class, there was probably two more presentations that were done and the bell rang. I picked up my shit, and I hit the door. And I'm like, you know, he's not going to see me cry. So I I made it to the hallway, and I just, like, lost it. I mean, I was walking down the hallway, and people were like, what the hell's wrong with her? And so um, in that moment, I decided I would never, ever make a presentation or a speech or interact with people that way again. It just broke me. So he perpetuated, like, this 20 years' worth of... Um, being under the influence of self doubt and self consciousness and a fear of not only talking in public but talking to people, just going up to someone and talking to them and so I would hide in my house and i would <laughs> if I had to go to an event, I would like hug the walls and just kind of watch to see what people are doing and i didn 't interact with people and I realized at some point that this was having a destructive effect on my life and i wanted to change it because i looked around and i see all these people and they're successful and nobody's shy and nobody's holding back and i thought i was the only one like this and so you know i kind of went through the years my middle my my young adult years i remember taking months to um go renew my license driver's license because i didn't want to have to talk to someone that was behind the counter it took me a long time to do that and that's kind of weird that you would why can't you just talk to somebody because people who are here now you don't believe i'm shy right I'm trying not to be, (laughs) and (laughs) I decided that I wanted to break this. And one of the first things that helped me was, well, first of all, I was a single mom for my first child, and it was cool. We could be shy. We could hang out in the house, listen to music, watch Disney movies, just dance in the kitchen. We didn't have to. It was fine. But then I got married, and I had my second child, and damn if she was not coming out the womb, waving at everyone. she. this girl, she never met a stranger. And for a shy mom. Hey, Laura. <laughs> She's back there. <laughs> She's 17 now. <laughs> same t- same age I was in Mr. Bork's class. Um, she never met a stranger. We would go to the store and she would say, Mommy, I have to go potty. And I'm like, well, you better hold it because I'm not asking anybody where the bathroom is. <laughs> and so she would just, look around and find somebody who had a name tag, where's the bathroom? And I'm like, oh God, I'm going to crawl under a rock. But what she taught me was that you don't get anything in life unless you speak up and you, and you use your voice. And I really didn't have my voice just yet. But she really was the first indication that I need to like break this because what if I break her down and she becomes shy? I don't want that for her. I don't want her to struggle. My son, he's already done. I already made him shy. He's... he's <laughs> He's over, (laughs) although he did graduate at Centenary this year and so he's good. I I don't think he, I don't think I messed him up too much, but anyway. And then the next thing that I did is I I got a job at the railroad. I was a staff assistant, so no big deal. That doesn't take a lot of work. And so uh, then I got promoted about three years later and they promoted me to a safety rules and training coordinator. And then I was assigned to be a writer, co-writer on a rule book for the railroad. And after that, they assigned me to be a trainer to implement these rules. First thing I re- realized is that I was the only woman in a department of 300 men. And we're talking about men that wear overalls and have grease all over them. And, and I'm just like, at the time, I think I was maybe 29, maybe 30. I was, yeah, I was over 30. I'm going to teach these men rules? Yeah, right, okay. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And the other thing was, is I really didn't know a lot about railroad. Um. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> so, this opportunity came about that um, I was given the opportunity to go to a, work- a workshop in the- at the University of Illinois with this lady named Julie Heil, and she specialized in helping people kind of overcome their fears of interacting with people and speaking and teaching and training and things like that. And I didn't have very many expectations, but Julie knew exactly what to do to motivate me, to build my confidence, and to give me some tips and strategies on how to interact with people. And, you know, Julie doesn't know, I've told her, but she doesn't really know the impact that she had on my life because since that time I was able to do a lot of training classes. It was still uncomfortable and I'm still uncomfortable getting in front of an audience, but what I learned from it is that every time that I do something I gain more confidence and I break that power of, you know, self-doubt. And so, every time I take a new job, I try to make it harder than the last time. <clears throat> because I know if I don't, I'm not gonna just forever have this thing ho- hanging over my head. And so, and I wanna really put this to bed. And so here I am today, doing <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> And so, I don't want you to think that it's broke, it's gonna break today. Cause you know, this, you know, I work for Holiday Lanes, I'm the marketing director. And the thing that I love about this job is that my boss, and she's my friend, Melanie, has encouraged me to say what I want. One thing about being shy is you're not an advocate for yourself. You don't stand up for yourself when people take advantage of you. You don't say anything when anybody hurts your feelings. You just suck in and you don't say anything. But she's been a real advocate for me, and she's told me that I have to say what I want and, and, and go after what I want and not be afraid of what people might think. And so she's helped me with that, and I find myself in the community doing Volunteer at work like crazy and I, I'm on a boards here and a board there and I win awards and, and people say, you're shy? What? But the reason that I'm doing all these things is to stop this shyness. I don't, so a lot of times what I do is I come and I walk in a room and I'm like, if I see somebody, I just walk up and I, and I just say hi to them and it, it's hard, but I know it's what I need to be doing. This past week, I um, had two conflicting things that happened. One was I went to, I would signed up to train for a 5K and I, it was gonna be 10 weeks, I showed up at the event and there was like 50 people in this circle and they're all like dressed in suits, I mean shorts and, and I sat in the car and I watched. And I didn't get out of the car. I paid my 50 bucks, but I didn't get out of my car. I didn't get the shirt. I didn't start the training. And I went home and I, and I kind of cried a little bit because I was like, damn, I'm never gonna get over this. And then on that, I guess it was either the Friday before or the Friday after, I did a team building event where I have to facilitate myself. And I find myself in this situation where I, I hear my voice in this loud voice, like facilitating all these crazy people playing on, on these teams and, and I don't recognize myself. But it's such a contrast to sitting in my car and not participating. I force myself to do it. Every time somebody calls and says, I want to book a play therapy team building, I'm like, oh God. And it takes, it takes me, you know, at least a week to get the courage up. And then afterwards, it takes so much energy to do the event that it's kind of like you just have a crash. And so I just want to tell you that one of the things that I used to think was that I was the only person who felt this way. And I I don't think that I am. I think that there's very successful people in this world who are doing lots of great things and they struggle with it every day. The way to struggle is just to do it and break through. And so I'm glad that I came on stage today and I hope that um, I'm going to put Mr. Bork's plaid suit to sleep tonight and never think about it again. It's probably not going to happen, but maybe it will. So thanks. More
0: than anything, I think Robin's story and our experience putting together All Y'all has really taught me that, like, every single person that you meet during a day has something going on in their lives that's uh, equal parts terrifying and fascinating and elevating and uplifting, and that no matter where you are, it never pays to be mean to the people who are around you. Like, I can't name one positive thing in my life that came through being mean.
1: There's not one, you know? I mean, it's just that simple, like – even on your worst day, you are going to cross paths with someone who is having a day that's 10 times as bad. And you just have to uh, – empathy, right? It's, a, it's about empathy. Um, I think really that's the most important lesson i took from robin's story
0: yeah and i've heard from so many people since then who have come up to me and have been like robin's story is my story and it's remarkable to me that so many people have been crippled by negative experiences so if anything i hope our listeners can listen to robin's story and feel a bit more empowered to be the person that they want to be
1: Speaking of stories, we are currently kind of out in the community uh, feeling, putting out feelers and um, uh, researching for our next live event, which is going to be Brush with Fame. It'll be happening in the early summer this year. We don't have a date or a location yet, but stay tuned. Those kinds of details will be coming soon. So thank you all for listening. Thank all y'all for listening. And uh, <laughs> Thanks, y'all. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. Cool. Yeah?